Hello everyone and welcome to the CMO Stories podcast, season 2, episode 19. My name is Yuri Bilast and I'm your podcast host. And today I'm very excited to be joined by Nodo. Nodo, how are you? Great, great. How about you? Thanks for inviting me to this podcast. Yeah, I, I love doing podcasting. I say it every time. But Nodo, for the listeners, probably they don't know you. Or maybe they do, but let me introduce you. So guys, Nodo Ivanidze, he's the CEO and co-founder at Metaview.io. And actually, he has 10 years of experience in the advertising business. He's a serial entrepreneur, Web3 investor, and business advisor. And he's building the first decentralized advertising marketplace for metaverses. Wow, exciting stuff that you're doing, Nodo. So what I like to know is, um, tell us your story. How did you get into Web3? Yeah, that's actually like very funny and interesting story because I was building all my life tech startups, developing them and then exiting or make them profitable companies. And uh, actually like two years ago, one of my best friends approached me and told me that he bought the land and I was I was asking, where is it? And he told me it is in Decentraland. I, I started laughing, right? How you can like pay in digital land money. I was thinking like you, the virtual, uh, real world land. So he got me so much interested in. After two weeks, I got myself invested into Decentraland, but my first digital real estate. And then I loved the community inside, like how they were helpful, how they were helping me in lots of questions, getting me onboarding into there. And then, you know how it started? So I went then to Sandbox, bought another land, went to other side, went to Bioverse. And that's how I started. Like basically my journey in Web3 started right away from the metaverses. Uh, and I'm very happy about it. And then it followed up with NFTs and cryptos and etc. And uh, overall, I loved whole community, how they behaved. I was attending lots of events in the metaverses. Uh, participating actively as a community member. And because I also had the experience making tech businesses, just one year ago, I was thinking that I'm lacking something inside the metaverse since that we need to bring lots of lots of traditional brands I'm working, I'm working with in real life. And then that's how the idea of the MetaView came to the light, connecting two sides. On one side, digital landowners who will be deploying uh, our advertising content into their properties. And on, on another side, big advertising agencies and uh, brands, we will help to onboard them into the uh, Web3 and overall in metaverses. So that's kind of very interesting like journey, which we went during these past two years. And uh, we are now like, I'm fully turned into Web3, right? So I spend most of my time there. I made lots of friends in Web3 around the world, which is amazing. I couldn't do it in real life with my other businesses, but here there is no borders, right? You can have friends in Australia, in New Zealand, in US, in Europe. So it, it's amazing, man. Like gives you lots of lots of opportunities. It's, even during the beer market, we are now. Right. Actually, yeah, I agree with you. I also, you know, I, I'm a lot active in spatial, which is also a metaverse. I'm even organizing events in the metaverse for marketers. And I get to know those people because, you know, they are from the US or from Australia, from everywhere around the world. The only sometimes challenging thing is to find the right 
time, you know, with all these different time zones yeah. to meet up. But that's, yeah, that, that, that really gives opportunity to connect with people in another way. And how would you say, because you see on Twitter, you see it everywhere, people are really friendly, trying to help GM, GM all the time. How do you yes. see that the Web3 culture is different from, let's say, the Web2 um Yeah, that's that's very interesting topic because I have faced this like actually when I was starting doing MetaView because if you're just community member of different projects, yes, you experience the culture, but when you actually do the business in the Web3, you need to embrace this culture and create your own community, right? So, and um, I know what is this startup hustling, right? I've done many tech startups and you work like every day, you don't have weekends, but Doing business in Web3 is totally different culture I experienced during last year because you have your community members from every part of the world. Like when you start the business, right away, you are international, right? So in usual businesses, you start from one geographical area and then you do expansion, right? So you start somewhere and then adding new countries or regions. Here, you start right away on the international market and your community members might be from Asia, from US, from Europe. There is different cultures in those regions and different time zones, right? And community, and the community culture is that they require you to be present every time. And they are asking questions directly to the founders. And uh, you are required to be always uh, front running, right? So to be always presented on Twitter spaces, to listen to your community, mm -hmm. to be always available. So basically 24-7, Uh, even more hustling than doing st uh, startup in real life. But it's so enjoyment, right? So if in real life you do some product and waiting to get feedback in one day, one week, two week, in the Web3 you do something, you get feedback right away. That was the most amazing part, give, gave us lots of motivation to do, do this hard work, right? Because whatever you do, you are able to get the feedback right away and then It's you and uh, your community how to build the business, right? You can have funny culture inside your company. You can have professional business culture. You can have memes, whatever. So basically, like, I also was learning on the way uh, together with my community members. So they were teaching me a lot. I was teaching them a lot. And it's, it's very fun, but at the same time, very exhausting. So whoever just tries to start the uh, business now in the Web3. It just not only like get rich tomorrow. Right now, more and more companies who are starting, they are looking this space as a long-term vision. Uh, that's how like we do at MetaView also. And main thing is that you should always try to have fun at the same time with hard working, right? That's the like cool thing. And you mentioned that you were like organizing events in spatial. I had experience organizing events in spatial too. So almost every month I try to organize official conferences in different metaverses and show the people that metaverses are not only for gamers and uh, people who have time, but it is for like networking, inviting speakers, exchanging ideas and etc. So yeah, that's that was like main different part when moving from Web2 to doing business in Web3. It requires right. lots of energy, right? So yeah. Right. Yeah, you talked about fun. So the events that I'm organizing, one type of event was with speakers. Like we did like short TED Talks. Every speaker had like five minutes to, you know, yes. to talk about some interesting subject. But what we are doing now, you know, because it's the end of the year, we will have kind of an exhibition with AI art. So <laughs> every marketer can, can make some art with the, all these fancy AI tools. 
like Mid Journey, for instance, and they will talk about that. So yeah, it can also be fun, a fun way to connect with, with other people. Uh, yeah, there are, like you say, different metaverses. Do you see, like, um, how would I ask the question? Like, do you go for certain type of events or certain type of business cases to a certain type of metaverse? Or is that there no really a difference? How do you look at all these different metaverses? So basically, like, like I'm looking at metaverses with two different perspectives. Like, one is like where I would invest and another one where I would like expand the metaverse. So there are different types of metaverses currently. Mm-hmm. So with different promises, right? Some of them are promising like uh, they will be cool for gamers. Some of them are promising that it will be metaverse for the fashion brands or metaverse for the e-commerce and new engagement of the users, right? So basically, like we have lots of lots of meetings with metaverse founders, which supposed to be launched in 2023. As you might know, like every day we hear that new metaverse is promising something. Mm. It's very, very hard to differentiate if this metaverse will have success or not. So I, I always like to compare it as a dot-com bubble we had in 2000s, right? So right now, I only have heard about 200 metaverses which trying to launch uh, their product and their metaverse. But I truly believe that at the end of the day, only a couple of them are going to be surviving and uh providing like lots of value to the end users. And I always like go for with metaverses, which are open, enables lots of customization to users, and it can be useful for any part of the people. So basically like it's a free world and you can create whatever you would like. You can create game on top of the layers, you can create events, you can have like sporting games or whatever, right? So in my, in, in my case, metaverse should be satisfactory for every type of person, and this way, it will become more uh, interesting for many, many users, right? And, um, and with current metaverses, like to kind of compare, in my mind, like spatial was the most easy to use for beginners because you are able to join from any devices. It doesn't require too much knowledge. And next to it, uh, next to spatial is decentralized, one of my favorites because the community inside decentralized is one of the strongest and one of the helpful. But some people might say that, uh, yeah, traffic is very low in Decentraland uh, with active daily users. Everybody who's seen this article that Decentraland has 38 active users. But I always like say that Decentraland has huge traffic during the events. You shouldn't check just usual days, right? But because during the usual days, nothing happens. But every day in Decentraland, there are around 20, 25 events happening in with different topics. So it can satisfy everybody. It can be DJ competitions, it can be official conferences with speakers, or it can be some like yoga classes even, right? So that is the amazing opportunity that we are very early stage at this moment. And uh, I'm sure that this metaverse will create extended uh, engagement opportunities and uh, fun for uh, users. And I'm always for hybrids, right? Not, I'm not like kind of never advocating that we're gonna be moving and spending our most of our life in metaverses, but it has a it is as a complementary tool for enhanced uh, engagement with different experiences and brands and etc. Each other. So yeah, right. Yeah, exciting. You you mentioned 
events in Decentraland. One of my, the, the first guest of season two of my podcast was Giovanna from Decentraland. And she's organizing actually the, the yearly fashion week, which is also apparently an event that if you are in the fashion industry, that gets uh, people talk a lot about that. So yeah, exciting. And there is also the fact, of course, if we will evolve that, uh, yeah, we will be able to travel from one metaverse to the other. That would be really nice. And that's the interoperability like they talk about. But I think yeah, that's still... actually like, sorry, actually like about this uh, interoperability, what we are trying with MetaView is that like, imagine like MetaView will be connected in many metaverses. Currently we are in Sandbox, the central end and adding new ones uh, on the go once they launch. And uh, we really would love to plan this kind of, campaigns and quest activities to make the users to jump from one metaverse to another, check something, play something and come back to another one and make this like connections go around before we're going to have true interoperability between metaverses. So we're going to also do our part on that. And actually it will, uh, we always tell the brands that they can be like trying different opportunities in different metaverses. And at this stage, we all are experimenting experimenting what's going to work and what's not, right? So we cannot say like good recipes that, hey, this is works. It's totally new, untapped territory we are exploring at this moment with pioneers and in this space and early adopters, right? So that's how it always like goes in every new field of innovation and exploring and etc. So yeah, yep. exactly. It's like that if you talk to other people that are not in the space, they are looking, what are you doing? You, you're putting a VR headset, you're in metaverse, in virtual worlds, you know. But if you're in space talking to people, then you see, whoa, all the things that, that are possible. You have the, the big metaverses, you named them already, like the central land. But also I see a trend of actually people, you know, they reach out to me. Oh, don't you need a metaverse for your business? So there are companies that are building like, how do you call that standalone metaverses for a business? Yeah. Is that something that you hear about? And what do you think about that? So basically, like right now, what I see in this space, and I always monitor it because uh, we have close connection together with our strategic partner, global advertising agencies with big brands. So those brands, are, some of them are like following the hype and heard the word metaverse and starting experimenting some of them are like using not blockchain metaverses like roblox is very popular even couple brands creating their experiences and they are trying to reach their target auditory young people who gonna be metaverse native when they're gonna grow up i'm talking about 10 13 year old Mm -hmm. generation which already is metaverse native in my mind and some of them like just creating virtual experience for example, Qatar Airways uh, have created their own virtual experience uh, and they call it Metaverse, but in my mind, it's not Metaverse. It's just virtual experience to show the, their uh, customers what to experience on the flight, to check the uh, plane and cabins and inside. And uh, and right now, like um, my favorite brands who got the idea, I can say it's uh, Nike, Adidas, most like fashion retail brands and there are uh, like Starbucks also is getting there, like with uh, their rewards program with NFTs and etc. Uh, but some, but most of the brands are kind of moving around and experimenting what will be the good way to go, right? And f- for fashion retail brands, it was the easiest one because these digital wearables are new, huge thing. Like 
even in Decentraland, like you could, you could see how, how much people are spending on wearables uh, and how they are going into parties. Like it's amazing, like with crazy outfits and etc. So I think like more and more brands will uh, come there and then realize that this will allow them uh, new opportunities how to engage with users and they, they're not going to only target users who are inside. So right now, like when I talk with like big brands or uh, through our partner agencies, they always like tell that, hey, we know the traffic is low in Metaverse. Why should we onboard there? But mm-hmm. we always tell them that it's not, you should all, not only target people who are inside, but you can also ex- create the experiences for your current users in the web to sprays and create this like hybrid matching, right? So do something in the real life, offload them into Metaverse and back from Metaverse in the real life and then make these connections, which always makes the wow effect on your end uh, customers, right? So that's that's the way to go. But yeah, I totally agree that the word Metaverse is very confusing and everybody understands it, understands it in different ways. But yeah, we are getting there, you know, it's just starting, so... Yeah. And also a question that I'm asking to myself, because in spatial, you know, you can use your own face for your avatar or you can use a ready player me avatar. And I was thinking, but then if I go to the center and other metaverses, I want, if people want to know that it's really me, I need to look always the same. I was thinking, is that, how do you look at that for your avatar? Do you have like need the same avatar everywhere or do you can have, can you have different avatars, but then people don't really know that's you. Yeah. So in Decentraland, like most, so basically like the customization of Avatar, I enjoy like Decentraland Avatar way better than Spatial uh, because it gives you lots of customization opportunities with, so there is a huge market of custom wearables in Decentraland and there is a huge wave of artists who are creating different wearables, even like brands are creating these wearables and uh, giving away for customers like we know in real life right you go to the event and somebody gives you hoodie or t-shirt with their logo same thing is happening sometimes on the events in decentraland you go to the event and sponsor companies providing free wearables for you and in decentraland people are always changing the outfit and uh, identity but name always stays with you right so when you go around your outer name stays forever with okay. you for, for I'm Nodo, I always go with Nodo, but I always change avatars. For example, I now in Decentraland go around with my skateboard and the MetaView hat and etc. But next day I might change it according to the event I'm going in. Uh, if it's Christmas event, I can have Christmas wearables. If it's Halloween, I can dress my avatar with Halloween style. So it's very fun. And, uh, and pictures also come out so nice uh, when every avatar tries to dress up. And... Uh, yeah, uh, but special is more like I think uh, for official conferences to know mm-hmm. who is who is attending. Yeah. You can go with your face, right. and special might be more useful. That's how I experienced it. But for fun events and dancing and stuff like that, I think Decentraland is uh, better in my mind. And let's see, there's so many cool metaverses on the way, you know. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's interesting, you know, to explore all of them. That's for me, like, you know, because now I'm doing stuff in spatial, I, I like to, I try to understand that. How can I set up, I can use this. But also, yeah, I need to explore the central and further sandbox and so on. There's, there's so many, many things that uh, places where we can go. It also takes some time. 
No, though, with all these metaverses and stuff and all exciting things, what do you see happening? I know in Web3, one year is already long or two years, but what do you see happening in the space? How do you see these metaverses and perhaps Web3 in general evolve in uh, the next year, two years? Yeah, so so basically, uh, right now, what we experience is that uh, during the every beer market, uh, we see the projects passed and go out of the business and then true builders stay in the space and true companies. I always say that it's now the time that this kind of hype waves went away and people uh, and now more and more people starting like companies, not projects, right? So when you start the company, you have long-term vision, you need time to go break even and then go profitable, uh, create the community and etc. So I see more and more this kind of services and companies creating in the metaverses and more and more people are creating uh, companies which are bridging uh, Web 2 and Web 3, right? So this is the like most difficult part because people who are in Web 3, they think that it's very easy to use, but from outside people, it's still very difficult and not user-friendly. And now I see more and more uh, companies coming in who are, uh, whose, whose main goal is to uh, make onboarding easier for usual people and uh, brands onto these metaverses. And uh, I see that like we will see development and many interesting experiences coming from major brands in the metaverses. That's why like uh, we saw the market gap and started this advertising marketplace to enable brands to have uh, interesting experiences in across different metaverses. And also, like, we will see also lots of projects uh, gone out, uh, will be going out of business because of lack of the funds if the BR market will stay. But strong ones will survive. And I see that this thing is not going anywhere, right? So some people say that it just hype and going to go away. But no, right? So this AR... VR and mixed realities gonna stay forever because it enables all the users to have lots of lots of immersive experiences we didn't have before. And additionally, metaverse enables people to have their identities presented how they would love to do, which we can do anyhow in the real life once everybody knows us. So in the metaverse, in any metaverse, you can create your identity from the scratch and build it how you would love to do, create your own new network new friends, and etc. So that's that's most beauty of it, right? And uh, it's, it's not going anywhere. Even young, younger generation, like, you could check them, like, how they are playing in metaverses. Like, they are so native into it. Like, I can tell my, my generations that we are internet and mobile native people. The same happens to the younger generation, so. Oh, and so I think everyone understands it, so, yep. Great message, uh to end this podcast episode with Nodo. If people listening to this to this podcast and they want to connect with you or they want to know more about advertising in the metaverse, where would you like me to send them? So I, I'm basically mostly active on LinkedIn uh, and uh, they can uh, directly write me there or you can also provide with them my email address. So basically, if they cannot connect me or write me in LinkedIn, they can always approach me through email. I always uh, reply back. I'm always open for the new connections and new ideas. If you and somebody would love to have some uh, knowledge about the Web3 or need some onboarding uh, with his company or agency, I would be happy to help out. Because this space, like I started with very minimum connections and 
people who helped me out. I'm very thankful that I want to give back to the society. That's how I do in real life too, right? So that's why I started angel investing in tech startups to give back to the society what I have gained from there. So this is like the nature I operate and it helped me over my career. And uh, yeah, uh, it's very interesting always to talk uh, with people about the Web3 and, uh, and talk about different challenges and the ideas. Great. So thanks again, Odo. It was fun. So guys, um, if you are listening to this episode and if you got some value out of this episode, and I'm sure you have, be sure to share it with your friends, with colleagues, with other entrepreneurs in the space, because I think they, yeah, they will like what they hear because Nodas gives some really interesting insights about it. Also a positive message to end with. So if that's the case, be sure to contact them. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, to the CMO Stories podcast, if you haven't already. And of course, yes, I would love to see you back for the next podcast episode. Bye. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you on web3.net. The link is also in the podcast description. And also be sure to check out our NFTs on cmo-stories.uncut.fm. And of course, if you like to be connected with me on social media, you can find me on Twitter or on Instagram or on LinkedIn. Just find me with my username, Yuri Belast. And of course, I hope to see you back for the next podcast episode. Take care.